Beautiful, beautiful hymns to sing. Prepares our heart for the message. Please turn to Revelation. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. We have been many weeks in the book of Revelation. It's a joy to study the Word of God. It's a joy to read the precious Word. But it is a very, very sad time and a very sad place that we find ourselves here in Revelation chapter 19 because it is to the damnation of the lost, to those that choose not to follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, please, if you will follow along with me in Revelation chapter 19, and we're going to begin reading with the 17th verse today. Revelation nineteen seventeen, And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of the heaven, Come, gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and the armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. The beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had, which he had received him that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image." These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you that we do have this wonderful opportunity to come into your house. There's many places in this country that that uh, in the world that does not have the opportunity to come freely to open the book, to read it. And we just thank and praise you, knowing, Father, that there will be a day that even in this country, I'm afraid, that that freedom will go away. We need, Father, to stand boldly. We need to proclaim your precious word. We need to give out the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, every opportunity that you will open for us. We need to pray, Father, that the opportunity will come, that you'll lead us to those that, that their ears are open, their, their mind and their heart is ready to hear that precious gospel, and that they will say, yes, I am a sinner, and yes, I need salvation through the only Lord and Savior that there is, and that is, Father, your Son, Jesus. So please, dear Father, speak to all of our hearts today. Bring us to salvation, and then, Father, set us on a course of, of righteous living and, and walking with you and serving you each and every day. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We look to the opportunity of knowing the Lord Jesus of our, as our Savior and beginning the walk each day with him 
But there's also another day that our Lord has been looking for. And that is Jehovah's Day. That day. The great day. The day that he will set all evil away. He will destroy all those that stand against the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. All those that have stood against the believers in the Lord Jesus. All those that have stood against the the, the truth that has been proclaimed. All those that stand against everything that is right and good. And there will be a day that our God will come. We will be with him. And he will speak and destroy all the enemies. We have read that there in the, the uh, 17th and 18th verse. And those that will face this is totally opposite to what we're going to enjoy as believers. Because we have the church age today. Uh, we need to get these calendar events straight in our minds. This is the church age. There's going to be a day that our Lord is going to come and going to meet him in the air. And we call that the rapture. All believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, anyone that has come by faith to the Lord Jesus, will be called the trumpet sound and we're going to meet him in the air. And forever we're going to be with the Lord. What a wonderful promise and why anyone, anyone would desire not to know the Lord Jesus and not to enjoy that precious time with him forever. Well, the events that take place following that then, there are two, two activities going on. One is the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven, of which we'll be a part of. The other activity that's going on is the great tribulation that's going on here on earth. That will last seven years. So at the turn of events, when the church is raptured, the only people that's going to be on this earth are going to be lost. And so if Jesus would come today and you do not know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you will step right into that tribulation period. We'll be gone. They'll be here. Going to be seeming like peace the false leaders, the apostate church, all those that are coming, they're going to come and they're going to, to make it seem like they know what they're doing. There's going to be three and a half years that's not going to be too bad. But at the end, in the last three and a half years, of uh, the last half of the seven, three and a half years is going to be the most awful time. It's going to be the closest thing to hell on earth that, that anyone has ever or ever will experience. Now, that's your choice. If you don't want to know the Lord Jesus, if you say no to the Lord Jesus, if you say, no, I, I don't think I need him, I don't think I'm that bad, well, this is what you have an opportunity to face if you decide to reject the Lord Jesus here and now. So, all of us have folks we know, all of us has folks we love, that we need to get the gospel to. Because we are in the Laodicean church age, which is the seventh church age, which is the final church age. We are watching the apostate church grow in, in, in a, 
in, in a, an expansion that has never ex- been experienced before. The gospel is being preached less. Folks, less folks are being saved today. And that is exactly what the word of God tells us is going to happen in the final days. Everything is in place for our Lord and Savior to come. There is nothing missing. It's the only time in history that's ever come. Today, he could come. And he would not deny anything that he has proclaimed in the word of God. So we need to see that. So we find now in the text that we're in here in the 19th chapter, we're to the close of this seven-year period. And we have read through concerning the beast and the false prophet. The devil is going to be bound during a period of time which takes place at the end of the tribulation period. There is a battle of Armageddon and we find here that the beast and the false prophet are going to be cast in to the lake of fire. Now, I love going down to to the lake of the Ozarks. I, I I, I love sitting there. I would love to have a, a, a lake and a cabin on the lake that I could sit there. I love the water. I love the peacefulness of the water. But this lake here is going to be totally different. It's going to be without water. And it's going to be filled with fire. It's going to be filled with fire. And before we ever get any further into the message today... You think on this. The beast and the false prophet are going to be cast into this lake of fire. They will still be on fire a thousand years later when the devil joins them. If you've ever been around a patient that's been burned, there is nothing worse than a severe burn. Can you imagine the pain, constant pain, that the beast and the false prophet and all that have joined them, all that have rejected the precious gospel of the Lord Jesus, will be there. Never to be consumed. Always constant, total pain, agony, and suffering. That's the reason when I do a funeral and the person isn't saved, I never, ever, ever give the hint that they're in a better place. And yet, apostate preacher after preacher after preacher will stand there at a, at a grave site and, and say, well, the, their pain and suffering's gone. That is the biggest lie that, our, that the devil has ever spread. And the preachers of the world have caught on to that, trying to give some kind of hope to the family Hope, you're lying to them. And we need to see that each time we stand and we proclaim the word of God. So, the time here is the preparation for the millennial reign of Christ. Because that's the next event that's going to take place. Church is raptured. Seven years of tribulation here on earth. 
the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven where we're going to enjoy. And the, the marriage supper of the Lamb is, is a, a little bit different. We need to understand what that is. It is actually a preparation. We're being prepared for the marriage. Prepared for the marriage. Now, it's not going to be too long that Paul and Addie's... They're, one of these days, they'll get ready and start preparing <laughs> they have been preparing for what 10 12 years and so yeah i just uh, and so they're going to be ready everything is going to be right and don't think for a second that when our god is preparing us for the marriage that he is not taking care of everything that's a joy that's where we're going to be if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're back down on earth. We're looking at the tribulation period. We're looking at those that chose not to come by faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the end of that period, there's going to be a battle, the Battle of Armageddon. You've heard that many times. And following that, then, will be the, the rule and the reign of the Lord Jesus for a thousand years. End of that, Satan's loose for a season. And then we will find the purification of this earth, and it will be made new for us for eternity. So now you've got the, you've got the, the thing. We go through it many times, but you need to be able to tell somebody else this same message. You need to tell them what's coming. You need to tell them if you don't know Jesus, here's where you're going. If you do know Jesus, here's where you're going. You need to be able to talk to them. You need to be able to tell them these, these truths. So, there'll be no funerals at the end of this battle. God's going to call all the birds of the world to come and eat the flesh of kings and captains, of, of uh, mighty men, of, of, of presidents, of, 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 uh, of all people, bond and free, the Scripture tells us, small and great, the Scripture tells us in the end of verse 18. And then we come to verse 19, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. So, we have a question. What did John see? I want you to think about this. What did John see? He's in the Isle of Patmos. God has brought him to this point of revelation to see all the events that's going to take place and he is giving all this information to him so he can record it by the leadership of the holy spirit so that then you and i can come and see it and and better understand and so what did john see john saw a beast john saw the false prophet john had the opportunity through the tribulation period as he was given witness to this that he could see all the miracles that this false prophet was performing. He saw all the power that the beast had. And I believe John could see why so many people were deceived. Because the beast and the false prophet took the place 
of Jehovah God and the Lord Jesus Christ. They put themselves into that position, into that place. And so here we find them. And John is sitting back and he's witnessing this. And so now all of a sudden, he's seeing something coming to, a, to an end. He's witnessed what they've done. He's witnessed how they've lied to the people. He's witnessed how they've deceived and brought all the armies of the world together. And all of a sudden now here in verse 19, I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat upon the horse. So we have the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies. And don't think for a second that this is something that is little. There's multitudes of millions here. We have read and will read how that the devil has gathered together and used the power of the beast to bring everybody together. He has set every single kingdom and every single world, uh, the, the China and Russia and, and uh, everybody and all their peoples against God. They have acquired a vengeance of Israel and of Israel's God that has never seen. And, and we can see in, 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 in the politics of today, we can see how hatred can grow so much that people don't think. They got no sense whatsoever. And we have that today. We see it today. So don't think for a second that the beast and the false prophet cannot gain that same thought and that same hatred that will, that will come across all the world and millions is going to come up against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and against us because we're going to be with him. Remember, marriage supper of the Lamb, then the marriage, then we come down with him and I've told you before, Get a horse, know how to ride it, because you're going to be on it. Be ready. What a day that's going to be. You know what, though? You and I, we don't need a gun. We don't need a sword. We're not going to need something to defend ourselves. Because our God is going to lead us. Our Savior, King of kings and Lord of lords, is going to be in front of us. And he is going to have a sword in his mouth. And that sword is none other than the word of God. And he is going to speak. He spoke once in the Garden of Gethsemane. Everybody fell over. Wait to see what he's going to do. Because when he speaks, the slaughter is going to be so great. Every evil is gone. Every evil is destroyed. And it's to the point at the Battle of Armageddon that the blood will run bridle deep. And the scripture tells us that that river will run 200 miles long. That's what's coming.
So we have, is what John saw. He saw the beast. He's listed first. He is in the center of the movement against our God, the Lamb of God. All earthly powers, all wealth of the world will be put together to come against Israel and against God. That's what's coming. These kings, they're listed here. We just find that they have just mourned. Get me out here. We had trouble in Sunday school this morning on a couple of words. Uh, and, and, And to groan over not their sin, but over the destruction of Babylon. That's where they were broken hearted over. Over as 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 the empire began to, to, to fall and as as their wealth began to go away and all the organization and business and religion and everything started to fall, that's what they mourned over. They should have been mourning over their sin. All social, all political powers, the apostate church, all of this is united with the beast to overthrow God and to overthrow his Christ. Now, as we always do, we end up back in the Old Testament to show and see some of these verses of Scripture. So turn with me to Isaiah chapter 14. Now, if you were able to be here Wednesday night, this is a repeat of Wednesday night. Now, isn't it something how the Lord would do such a thing that he would have us study as we study through the book of Isaiah, that he'd have us in the very same place that we're at when it comes to uh, the study of Revelation. And we don't, I don't know if I have a a date back here when we started. Um, somewhere in February or March, is when we studied, started the study in Revelation in 2018. <laughs> 2018. So two two years, my friend, we have been in the book of Revelation, and we're not finished yet. And we're right here, two years later. Isaiah, chapter 14. Verses 12 through 17. This is the exact verses we were in Wednesday night. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, the son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which dost weaken the nations? Notice that, that it speaks many times on the destruction that Lucifer causes. He didn't build up. The the devil doesn't build up anything. The only thing the devil does is tear down. That's it. Destroys. Tear down. Which does weaken the nations. Verse 13. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And we discussed how that that is actually speaking of Jerusalem, uh, speaking of the the capital. I'm going to be the king, is what the devil's saying. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High, 
yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness? Look also what he's accomplished. Instead of making this as paradise, as the the Garden of Eden, everything perfect. Instead of that, he made it a wilderness. Destroyed the cities thereof that opened not the house of his prisoners. So that is the beast. Now, if you'll notice, we think of the beast, and in some times in the scripture it does speak of a an empire. The beast being Rome, for instance. But here, it speaks clearly as a man. So there will be a man, the beast, and the Antichrist, a man, that will go bodily. We've just read of the slaughter, talked about the slaughter that's going to go on during the Battle of Armageddon. But the beast, a man, and the false prophet, a man, will be cast into the lake of fire. And I'm going to repeat, a thousand years later, when Satan joins them, they're still going to be on fire. Is that enough to stir our hearts to go out and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ? That someone that we know and love is going to end up in this same place? Because if they would die today, before the rapture of the church, body goes into the ground, soul goes into the place of torment, which I believe to be in the center of the earth. They will be in that place of torment, and we know the rich man and and, uh, and Lazarus, we've had that conversation with Lazarus and Abraham and the rich man. Rich man went to, to, to hell, went to the place of torment. And he looks across and he says, Would you dip your fingers and send Lazarus over that he can touch my tongue? He didn't want a glass of water. He wanted just the tip of his fingers. He was so tormented. Well, that's not your eternal home if you choose not to come to Jesus. Your eternal home is the lake of fire, the same place, because at the end times, that body will be raised, the the soul and the body will be reunited just like a believer, the lost person, and cast into the lake of fire right with the beast, the false prophet, and the devil. That's where you're going if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior. So, as we look at this, we find here that... that, uh, it determines that it is an individual, a man, and also we find what's uh, taking place. Now, what some of you didn't like Wednesday night when we read, and it's worthy to be repeated. Go ahead and close your ears, Peggy. The pomp brought is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials, and the worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. Peggy's terrified of worms. (laughs) We'll pray for you. That means they're going to be on the outside and they're going to be on the inside. 
They're going to eat you alive and yet never dying. And we don't have to worry about that as a believer. But as a lost person, that's what they're going to have to face. That's what they're going to have to face. There's some great reading back in Ezekiel chapter 28. There's 19 verses, verse 1 through 19. Make a note of that and read that later. Uh, uh, this is Isaiah 12 through 17, four, chapter 14. But Ezekiel 28, 1 through 19 is also a very good read, and don't miss the opportunity. And so we not only have back here in uh, Revelation 19, verse 19, we have the beast, we have the kings, we have their armies uh, that, that, that call, come with them. And again, that is just a combination of all those forces that are following the beast and following the kings. They're all gathered together. Satan's a mastermind behind this great movement. Now, we're far enough along into the scripture here that we find uh, uh, that we go back and review some areas that we have studied. One is Revelation chapter 16, verses 13 through 16. It's a joy to study the Word of God, and sometimes that, that we move forwards and backwards in the Scripture to understand everything. And this is something very important to read, Revelation 16, verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. And they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. He gathered them together into a place called in Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Armageddon. So, this last time, this last drive comes. We see him stand against the Lamb of God. We see the place of this great battle. Now, this isn't the first great battle. If you'll, if you'll do any research of the Battle of Armageddon uh, and the place of, of uh, Megiddo, you'll find that it's about 45 miles north of Jerusalem. There has already been two great battles that has been held there. One of them was fought against the Canaanites, the other against the Midianites. And those two battles were monstrous battles when it comes to the world is concerned. But that's going to be nothing compared with the final battle that we're going to find here in uh, the Battle of Armageddon. The, the uh, lamb sits upon the white horse. And this army that is with him, as the scripture tells us, this army is none other than the New Testament church, the born-again believers, you and me. Now, what does it say here? It says, and uh, together, in verse 19, gather together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And here's verse 20. And the beast was taken... And with him the false prophets that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. 
cast alive. Cast alive. The beast is a person. False prophet is a person. And both of them will be cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, never to end, never to stop. Let's go back to Revelation 14. Again, as we have studied these things, enjoyed these things. Revelation chapter 14, verse 18. Revelation fourteen eighteen. Another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a la- and cried with a loud cry to him that had the the sharp sickle, saying, "Thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe." The angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city. And blood came out of the winepress even into the horse's bridle by the space of a thousand six hundred furlongs, two hundred miles, bridle deep. Bridle deep. Let's turn to Isaiah. Once again, chapter 34. You know, you think of Daniel, uh, Ezekiel and Daniel being a couple areas of Scripture that really backs up the book of Revelation, but so does Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 34. Beginning with verse 1. Isaiah 34, verse 1. Come near, ye nations, to hear, and hearken, ye people. Let the earth hear, and all that is therein, the world, and all things that come forth of it. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations. His fury upon all their armies. He hath utterly destroyed them. He hath delivered them to the slaughter. Their slain also shall be cast out. And their stink shall come up out of their carcasses. And the mountains shall be melted with their blood. And all the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved. And the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll. And all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falleth off from the vine, and as a falling fig from the fig tree. For my sword shall be bathed in heaven. Behold, I shall come down upon Adema, and upon the people, and my curse to judgment. And the sword of the Lord shall be filled with blood. It is made fat with the fatness, and with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of the rams. For the Lord hath a sacrifice in Basra, and a great slaughter in the land of Adumah. And that is also known as Edom. And the unicorns shall come down with them, and the bullocks and the bulls and their land shall be soaked with blood, and their dust shall be fat 
with fatness. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year of recompense for the controversy of Zion. So each time we come and it continues to fill in a little more of what's to come. It seems as though that we never have time to finish. The beast is the leader, going to be cast into the lake of fire, the false prophet, the antichrist, the call of all religious religious apostasy will all come. They together will be in perfect unity against our God. But they will fall. What a joy to know that we hold the victory. We're going to stop there. Going to have to come back next week for the rest of the story. We don't know how many times that we've said that. But that way you'll just have to keep coming back. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you today. You've given us your mighty word. You've not kept us in the dark concerning what's to come. It's very clear. It's very simple. And we can see it so clearly that we are in the church age, the Laodicean church. The gospel's not not growing. There's not going to be a great revival. The time is ended. Our purpose is to continue to preach the gospel, just to reach just one more soul that they don't have to face this time. Maybe it would be our best friend. Maybe it would be a family member, a a husband or a wife or a a father or a child that's, that's, that's decided the way of the world Whoever it might be, Father, just burden our hearts for them and let us take your precious word out and open that heart's door that they will listen and respond and say, Yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I need a Savior. And yes, I trust in Jesus. Please. Please, dear Father, just speak to hearts today. Thank you for your precious word. We'll sing this wonderful hymn of invitation and then enjoy the Lord's Supper today. And so please just guide and lead us, Father. Speak to hearts. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.